Hi, I'm Tiffany. I'm Corey. I'm Laura. My name is Desmond. I'm Sam. You're listening to Nickel for Your Thoughts. And today's Nickel is for our thoughts on COVID-19. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Nickel for Your Thoughts. Uh, my name is Desmond, and I'm here with, um, with the rest of the gang, Tiffany, Laura, Corey, and Sam. And today, uh, we'll be talking about something that, um, yeah, something that's pretty relevant, that's something that's shaping all of our lives, um, which would be the reality of um, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And today, what I really uh, want to take the time um, to focus on is really looking at like how is how now that we've been living in a pandemic for about five to six months, really taking the time to to reflect on how is COVID uh, shaping um, not just our lives individually, how is it shaping uh, the wider uh, culture uh, that we're living in. And specifically, um, as people of faith, um, as Christians, wanting to really taking a time to to zoom in on um, maybe specifically how it's shaping church culture, how it's shaping our relationships. Uh, and so that's what I'm hoping that we'll be uh, discussing a lot today. And um, to kind of get us started, I'll just share a few quick thoughts or a few uh uh, just ideas or my own thoughts to kind of get us uh, rumbling. The reality of, you know, COVID-19, I remember in March, we would all talk about like, how is this going to uh, reflect and shape our lives? And if you Google it, even if you go on um, Stats Canada, you can find uh, just research that's consistently going into how it's shaping the lives, um, in particular of, of Canadians. Um, COVID-19, like other, like other life or world-defining events, um, many people seem to be saying, uh, like World War One or World War Two. Uh, they don't often necessarily start changes uh, in culture, but they kind of are catalysts for changes in culture. So some of the things that we're going to talk about today that I want us to talk about, are like, are how how is it catalyzing um, things that are happening. Uh, in our churches or in church culture right now, trends that have, might have already been happening, but how is it like, how is COVID in many ways creating a space for those changes to, to grow exponentially? And zooming in specifically in uh, Christian culture and church culture, uh, one of the things that's really been affected is just the fact that uh, like many other uh, things, we, we don't have the ability as Christians to go uh, to our houses uh, of worship, um, to go to church uh, in the same way that we did uh, pre-COVID-19. I know this has caused a lot of distress for different for different people, and there's a lot of people advocating uh, right now for us to like um, for those spaces that people don't have it to to go to church. And there've uh, been people that have advocated for it here in Canada and created space even here in Ontario uh, for us to be able to go back to church and try to. Um, engage with our fellow uh, Christians uh, in, yeah, in community. Um, uh, but I find personally, as I reflect on this moment, um, I find a lot of people um, maybe more obsessed about how we can go to church as Christians, um, but really a lot less conversation seems to be had is how can we uh, be the church? How can we actually take time um, 
really, as I've just thought about it, maybe um, not focused on how can we gather together in mass and like hundreds, but maybe is this a moment to really focus and seeing if we can gather together, maybe in small, um, as many churches do, um, small groups and actually take time to really grow deeper um, in our relationships with people in our churches, maybe not all the 200 if you go to like a bigger church but like maybe gathering together in tens and really going deep and doing life together in a moment where we need community where we can grow um, maybe in an in-depth way together where we can worship together um, smaller but in a more in-depth way um, in a way that actually aligns with the historical roots of the church as many churches that we read about in the bible were actually house churches um, and not places where we just attended um, as much but we can really do uh, life together and so um, those are just some thoughts that i've had about this i know that um, in america there's actually a group called the barna group that's done a lot of research um, and continues to do a lot of research on um, the christian church uh, I don't know if they have as many great stats in Canada because I couldn't find that. I just kind of looked towards their research and they're finding some interesting trends um, in the local church in America, um, including just um, like one finding they had recently was um, millennials. We seem to be a generation that are more likely to just completely drop off the map in tuning into church. And they have other interesting trends that I'll mention later. but. Those are um, some thoughts I had, some ramblings. But guys, I know I don't have a nickel, but I would love to hear your thoughts. What are, um, and so my question for you before we get into the wider discussions, like how has COVID-19 uh, shaped your relationship with your local church? I'm not gonna lie, I may be a heathen, but I have not really at all tune in to online church services for months now <laughs> what's your thinking on that tiff um i think i was having other issues with like my church from prior and so like the experience not being the same as usual was just an excuse to just like for even more reason not to to stop going and mm-hmm I feel like this is not really a, there's no motivation right now to find a new church um, that mm-hmm. would be a better fit because it's like, how do you get plugged in? I don't really want to meet new people over Zoom. Yeah. I'm still connected to my small group and I've been really encouraged by, you know, their support and help throughout this time, like helping each other get groceries, especially initially um, and when different people have been quarantined at times. Um, and I'm still connected through that and Bible study, but church service itself just seems so like not the same in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet you're not the. I bet there are all a lot of people who are in a similar boat who who might have like a interesting relationship with their church before COVID, and then the online services is just like a a catalyst. Yeah, but how's it been for you, Sam? Though, um, I've been. I mean, I've been part of uh, our online church services, but I definitely feel the the disconnect. I think one of the things that COVID has really uh, made me realize is that God created us to really be physical human beings, that we are not just spirits that are just 
uh, inside a physical shell, but that we're actually created to relate to each other physically, like a handshake, to see each other, to read body language, to to smile, to hug, to, I don't know, to actually be in a room with other people. Um, and that I think that aspect 100% can't be replicated online. Um, but I really like the thought that you, you gave earlier, Des, about how this seems like there's been a lot of thought about how we can replicate online church or the church experience uh, digitally on YouTube, on Zoom, on Facebook Live. But I wonder if we're having as much of a conversation about what does it look like to actually be the church outside of Sunday service? Um, what does it look like to be a faithful Christian Monday to Saturday? What does it look like to relate to my neighbors? Um, I think I'm not hearing a conversation uh, as prominently as I am hearing the conversation about Sunday service specifically. What about you, Corey? What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate Sam's thought on the tail end there. Um, it's, it's funny that that's not really been part of the conversation at all. Relating to my own church has been weird. I resonate with Tiff. I have been kind of having a weird experience before COVID hit and then COVID hit and it was, uh, there was not a whole lot of motivation to tune in. Um, that said, I've kind of used it as a time to explore a little bit because I've had some of my own, I guess you'd say like faith questions and things I'm wrestling through. And I, f- I found for a while, even before that, like church service wasn't really doing it for me. Not that that's a reason to not go or not attend, but COVID kind of made, made I guess, gave me an excuse to still take some spiritual initiative, but do it in a way that I was kind of feeling I needed to. Uh, and so whether it's YouTube or uh, or you know, checking out another church, uh, service or whatever. And now that I'm actually moving, I've been for the last, uh, probably month or so, uh, looking at churches in the city that I'm moving to and, uh, and, and kind of virtually attending their service to, to try things on, so to speak. So it's been kind of an explore, uh, explorative time for me, I guess you could say. And I guess it's just me left. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I'd like to say that there is a very wild and interesting journey that I've been on this past year um, in relation to church. So I I recently moved to Guelph for the job that I currently have. Um, And while I was in Guelph, I was without car. And so my church options were limited to wherever I could Uber to if I could afford it and budget it or wherever I could bus to. Um, and so that didn't, uh, that didn't cause me to like church hop or like actually land a church that I could grow in and, and call home for the year. Um, and that was its own wrestle, but then COVID hit like immediately after and I had a car at that point. So I didn't really have a church family in Guelph, but what COVID did do, um, was that church services went online and people cared more about online because you physically couldn't be with people in person. And so it gave me an opportunity to connect with my church back in Toronto that I had been going to my entire life, Mm. um, which was great for a while. Um, But then I sit with Tiff and Corey in the, it's a little little bit more messy um, than I would like it to be. And so then I, sleep hours became opposite. I became (laughs) nocturnal, 
waking up in the morning was not a thing. I woke up at like one or two. I got my work hours in at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. because I'm working from home and I can do that. And then church was just like one of those things that, well, it's all on YouTube so I can watch it at my own time later. And then it slowly became, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to watch it at my own time because then I'm like really not with anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that makes sense. And I, even myself, I resonate with that in like, I think one of the most interesting experiences for me is that um, pre-COVID, my wife and I, we were planning to move churches and then COVID hit and then we did. Um, oh, wow. And... Um, but our new church is like geographically closer and um, we were part of a new small group and like we were all starting <laughs> in the midst of COVID. And um, so like our first interactions were a lot, like I knew some of the people a little bit before, but a lot of our interactions were digital. Uh, but then because our small group would meet on Sundays um, and you know, as things have opened up here a little bit more in Ontario, we were like, oh, hey, are you guys, and our small group format was that we would meet every other week anyway and this would have would have been a part of the format uh pre-covid like we'd meet every other week um, at some point we try to grab a meal together uh, and then the guys would probably meet together at a different point um just to share life and accountability and the women would do the same but our general meeting time would be every other week and so then we began meeting like in person every other week and um, my wife and I hosted it but then once I started to be with people I'm like I found the experience of small group made gave me less an incentive to want to watch church uh, because I was actually being with people um, I was actually mm-hmm. um, I just noticed like even in my COVID experience um, my attitude towards musical worship <laughs> changed where it's like, oh, I, I'm going to try really hard when it's me and my wife. And then by the end, I'm just like, no, I'll sit, watch. Maybe I'll do something. But now, like, when I'm actually just with, you know, six to nine other people plus my wife, it's like it's, it's a totally different experience for me where I'm actually more uh, excited and I'm more focused to engage. And and so the weeks when we don't have um, small group, I'm, I'm like, ah, I tell my wife, I'm like, ah, this is, I, I'm, I feel less excited. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And not because my pastor's like bad in any way, not because um, the musical worship that's being displayed isn't excellent. It's the relational it, component. Yeah. And so, and, and so I, I think that's just something I've been, I was just realizing where like, because I'm actually experiencing deep relationship with my small group and, and um, expressing faith together and actually not necessarily just a perfectly recorded music, but actually like singing and there's awkwardness that can come out and error, but it's okay. <laughs> um, and so it's just been, I realizing interesting for me, like the real life experience of doing life with people has made, um, yeah, even more of just like really just turned me off of watching it as much. <laughs> but I'm curious, guys, uh, do you guys, as you guys think about even, yeah, because even I think what I've noticed, uh, I guess as a common theme here is that there, if there are other things that we were already wrestling through, COVID has kind of created space for us to like um, 
to maybe pull away from some of the parts of even our local church experiences that were that were challenging um but even like i think as, as sam kind of talked about like that thought of like um of really um being designed to like um engage with people like uh, more physically and relationally um do you think like that would be more attractive to you even as you think of like what what you might be looking for is at least in some ways each of you are kind of like most of us are kind of an um i'd say at least for you Corey, laura, laura tiff an experience where you might um where you in some ways will have to like find a new local church like um is that embodied experience um becoming more pivotal as you think about it um or is it just like um the typical kind of like what's our theology um part portion alone i think one of the things that i've come to value in a church setting is diversity of thought and differences of opinion yet still being able to love Hmm. each other as brothers and sisters in christ one of the things that i need in a church body is the ability to express yourself and worship in multiple ways. I think that's something that I look for. Um, And being in body definitely helps with that. It's hard to judge a congregation Mm -hmm. based on like if they're raising their hands on Zoom or if they're like closing their (laughs) eyes when they pray. I value being with people and I value seeing people worship God, like how God has put it in them to worship. So I I think that's something that I, I really do miss from being in person with a church body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the importance of a personal connection and of of understanding as well as clarity I think are are really important values to me. So to to make those a little bit more clear because they're kind of vague. Understanding as in like, you know, when when I'm a, uh, I I as an individual do want to feel heard. Uh so I think the place for that is ideally small group. Um and so certain standards I guess need to be kind of carried out in small group, not just talked about. Um I think uh, one of the things my church was figuring out was exactly how strong do leaders lead and how how much do they regulate and oversee. Um, and so I experienced a small group that didn't have a whole lot of leadership hmm. uh, because they were still sort of figuring some of that stuff out, uh, which was, an, and the, I mean, the people were great and everything. It just sort of, it, like if there's no leadership though, it doesn't really go anywhere. You know what I mean? It just sort of becomes this, uh, I don't know, too nebulous or ambiguous, I guess. Um, but then another thing too, I think one of the things churches can fall into is like losing their vision and their, their values in some way. Maybe COVID has enhanced that for some churches, uh, cause they're like, what the heck are we doing? Maybe for others, it's clarified it. I don't know. Uh, but for mine beforehand, I was kind of feeling a little bit more nebulous in general. So not just in the small group thing. Uh, and I, I really value when a church kind of knows where it's going and, and is not afraid to talk about certain things clearly. Not that my church wasn't doing that, um, but I think we we're still figuring some stuff out. Uh, so anyways, that's something ongoingly I'm going to be be looking for for sure. Wait, uh, quick question, Corey. Like, um, what do you mean by nebulous? Nebulous, like unclear. Hmm. Okay. 
kind of like vague, ambiguous. It's sort of in the ether, but not like here in front of me. Floating through space. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, ah, uh, I was like, this is just a moment to pretend I'm smarter than I am, but I didn't understand. <laughs> I'm really glad you asked. I definitely did not know. Um, and I was like, oh, mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where my brain went. I don't know. I personally, I'm a vibes type person. I think I need to like walk into a space and like feel it out and like. I don't know. I, I'm more recently, I've been re- realizing how much of my decisions are made with my gut. And just like, does this feel right or not? And it's technically not a feeling, so I shouldn't use the word feel, but I'm limited in my English vocabulary. It's like, my soul is like, yeah, this fits, you know? Um, (laughs) But part of it is like, I think uh, in the past couple of churches I've been to, there's just, I feel disconnect with the community there where I don't feel like I've like quite... um, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I find it hard to connect with a community, I guess, or don't feel like I'm really welcomed there or there's like extra barriers to jump through to build community compared Mm -hmm. to other people. It feels like that, I don't know, part of the in-person experience is actually like, can I connect with a community here um, and connect with the other people Mm -hmm. that I'll be serving alongside and doing life alongside, like, which you, I can't judge that over Zoom or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Vibes, y'all. <laughs> no, I think that's true, and it's yeah. It is. It is a. It is like an interesting theme that's being teased out. It's like you can't. Like like even like Laura was saying as well. Like you can't. It's sometimes it's it's really difficult to 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 fully gauge. Um, I think sometimes we do this, we, we assume we can gauge people by their, um, how they show up, um, maybe over a Zoom call or in social media, but even as we think deeply about church, it's like, it's it's actually a limited vantage point, and, um, and, and yeah, like, some people, like, because of how they interface with, um, with technology, like, they'll be a different person, <laughs> um, then when you see them over zoom call then if they showed up like if you actually showed up in in person um in some ways it's easier for some people to like see and watch a church but if you want to connect deeply like in some ways you i think what you guys are surfacing is some of the barriers have just gotten actually higher um especially if you want to actually like yeah um not just like hear what the pastor says but actually like do life with people and 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 be the church (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, I also want to, I'm going to give you guys a quote. Um, I'd just love to get your thoughts on this. Um, again, this is from Barna Research, um, and they do a lot of research on the church. And they were talking to uh, a, a, a famous pastor. I think he serves in New York. His name is John Tyson. Uh, and just kind of having a conversation of like what COVID is doing for pastors. And um, and I think one of the, one of the trends is just that um, a lot of pastors, and I guess this is an American context, they feel that a lot of their plans for outreach um, in, in really seeking to engage um, the, the non-Christian community around them with the message of Jesus um, will actually be have been kind of dissuaded because of COVID. Um, and then he, um, 
John Tyson was actually sharing uh, his thoughts on that. And so I'm going to read a quote and I'd love to hear um, just all of you guys just give your feedback. What are your thoughts? In terms of Sunday services, Tyson begins, there's 100% um, disruption. We have no agency whatsoever. But in terms of, of people loving their neighbors, serving their neighbors, I think we're in at, at an advantage. People are forced to do mission and focus on outreach in ways they perhaps wouldn't have before. Before, they would have relied on Sunday gatherings. So I'm optimistic about out, outreach thriving amongst groups. So love to hear, like, what are your thoughts on this um, perspective of John Tyson on, I guess, the disruption of uh, fall outreach? I like what John Tyson is saying. I think that's the way it should be. Um, I personally, I feel like I'm a little bit more skeptical because um, he said that without the kind of without the Sunday service, people are forced uh, to be in a position. How do we actually engage or love our neighbor in a more intentional, creative way we might not have thought about before? I'm skeptical that people are thinking about that more intentionally. Generally speaking, I'm sure there are instances of that. Um, I think there's been generally, I think there's a dependence on uh, what the church as an institution is offering. What is what do their small groups? What is their preaching? What does the music look like? Uh, what are the programs? Um, does it kind of feed me? And I think maybe one thing that COVID has revealed is that we have not actually been strong at walking with people outside of Sunday. And so I, I wholeheartedly agree with what John Tyson is saying. I I, I wish and I hope that that is true. Um, my skepticism, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical that that's the case currently. And I'm thinking it's because that that hasn't actually been a strength or emphasis for much of the church before COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just even just to give context or maybe our global listeners, we're, I guess we're just kind of painting a picture of how we feel like, like the North American church where we're at um, in terms of a strength. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like when I think about broadly speaking, like when I think about um, the things that I've heard from my church, from Christian media, from kind of just online video clips or things that friends are sharing, I just kind of see how so much of it is weighted towards how should we uh, walk closely with God during times of uncertainty? How do mm-hmm. we... How do we think rightly about certain theology? And that is all really important. But uh, seldom are we actually challenged to think about how we can live differently practically with our neighbors, with the way that we relate to our families. Hmm. I have so many thoughts on this, (laughs) that one quote. Here's hoping it comes out in an understandable way. And in a timely manner, (laughs) one of the things that I think is super great um, that COVID culture or COVID um, did to the church, in my experience, is that before COVID, there was this like mentality within the church of technology is evil. It will separate us from God. Avoid technology. It's an idol. It'll distract you. It's no good for you. Mm -hmm. It'll make you sin. And then 
bam, we're not allowed to meet in person. And everyone's like, oh, wait, what do we do now? Technology. Wow. Hmm. Um, and there's all of a sudden this like 180 that the church does and is like, oh, we praise God for like the advancement on technology that allows us to live stream on Facebook or to meet virtually. 80 years ago, they wouldn't have been able to do. Mm-hmm. Or in the last pandemic, they sure were not able to do it. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that turnaround in logic and thinking. And the thing is, none of it is new. It is just in like a, an active accepting what we have around us and figuring out how we can use it in our church. And I think in my experience of the Western church, evangelism very much is a focus on if I can just bring my friend to church, Mm. then they can meet God. Or if I can bring my friend to a youth gathering, then they can meet God. If I can invite my friend to a retreat, if I can invite my Mm. friend to uh, an outreach event, that's where they'll meet God. But in my other side of the experience in serving overseas in places where churches are underground and very, very secretive, you don't have the opportunity to just bring them to an outreach event or just bring them. You have to walk alongside them and have conversations, dialogue with them about God, Jesus, the gospel, all of these fun things. And then they meet Jesus through your conversations with them. And then after they've given their lives to Christ, they've walked with it, they can get connected to an underground church because the faith is established and is there and they need the community. I think this is like one of those, one of those chances that the Western church has to actually learn from the church out in the East mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're not able to meet in person, but that doesn't mean that all of our evangelism tactics are now thwarted we have no ability none of this is new just reach out to a friend ask them hey covid this is really hard on everyone it's not just the church that is struggling right now mm-hmm. in so many ways people are aware of their need for community that they can't live in isolation they need people around them they need a relationship with others mm-hmm. um And I think this is an opportunity that the church can just ask, hey, you're struggling, I'm struggling. This is where I find hope. Can I share it with you? Instead of saying, hey, here's the Zoom link, join the phone call (laughs) and get connected with my church. It opens doors. They're not new doors, but they're open. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really hoping that... COVID does this, like kind of what you uh, you guys are saying and John Tyson saying, like, I hope people feel uh, the need to get creative with evangelism and maybe in other areas as well. Um, personally, in my experience, especially as someone whose tendency is to, well, I could just withdraw from this situation. I don't think I'm, uh, John Tyson used the word forced. I don't think I've been forced to focus on outreach in a new way. I think I've had the excuse now to back away from things uh, because, oh, it's the pandemic. Oh, it's just... And so in that way, it's been not healthy for me. But I think people who are inclined that way or who take the initiative, which is maybe what we should be doing, uh, yeah, like they'd be forced to get creative in new and exciting ways. Uh, And so I kind of hope that's the route. I also find it funny, Laura, that you... uh, What did you say about tech? That we have this mentality that it's bad. 
I don't know that I've uh, had the experience. I know it exists. I don't know if I've had the experience with a specific church or group that said tech was bad. But one of the funny things that came out with with COVID and me sort of exploring a few different churches is, man, you realize some churches are just bad with tech. (laughs) Like, holy... So the church that I was going to, you know, I'd follow some of their services and it's like an HD, like you can tell they've got video masters like working behind the scenes. And in fact, I know they do uh, to like film the worship set, get the right lighting and the vibe. And it's like, it's like (laughs) we've almost, it feels like we've mastered a kind of online church experience in some ways, of course, missing some of the obvious elements, but then I'd tune into like another church and you feel bad saying it, and obviously I won't name names, but it's like, oh man, you guys really need to amp your game up here. It's like low def, the music is poorly recorded with like, you know, the some iPhone 4 microphone or something, and it's uh, a little depressing. Hmm. Yeah, I would argue that those there churches that have low quality streams were the exact ones that were saying technology is the devil and you cannot trust. And let me say that my experience <laughs> is different because I did... I studied theater production design in university. And so whenever I walk into a church service, that those are the first things that I look for is like, where is their tech? Something that I've heard always is that church is not a concert and you shouldn't have like a light show with your worship. And I'm like, hey, you're missing so much of the point. <laughs> it's not that you shouldn't have a light show. If it's distracting, then get better lighting technicians like this doesn't have to be distracting it can add to the service it can make it more beautiful it can create this environment and ambiance of worship heaven is going to be beautiful like why miss that opportunity here on earth so it's not even so much that it's like it's the devil but it's like yeah we we see it as this negative thing and so they they're almost afraid to embrace tech advances or or, or even deal with it Right. It goes against the status quo, Mm. the tradition, the norm that we've always had will always be. Mm. We don't need new. We don't need an advancement. Mm -hmm. This is my own like little soapbox (laughs) that I have (laughs) that I like to stand on. But I think new tech and all the things and what COVID is doing, again, has just brought into light. We can use these things for the glory of God. So let's learn about them and let's actually use them (laughs) rather than like admitting that they scare us and running away yeah but but i also wonder laura if some, some of those churches that Corey mentioned maybe it's not their their anti-tech they're just slow and like they <laughs> like that like, slow to tech to use tech because mm-hmm. like if most of their church members are like older in age like and it doesn't do it for them they're like oh, okay we don't need to change because this is the people we're catering towards rather than catering towards a multi-generational church and like who's actually experiencing God um, and connecting and because of some of these things that I wonder that you're saying Corey I'm like as my parents watch different things I don't think they're thinking about that but I'm like as a millennial Hmm. I I wonder if it would just kill your experience um, quickly Hmm. but Tiff what are what are your thoughts and what are your reactions to John Tyson's thoughts um, I'm not going to lie, I've lost track of what the original quote is. <laughs> <laughs> Evangelism, good, different ways. Yay. That's the quote. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paraphrased. That's not even a summary. What? <laughs> 
That's like when like you recall that one Bible verse and you're like, you know the one that has these words that are also in many other verses? But essentially, to paraphrase it, is he he's he's kind of saying that I guess this is an opportunity for people to be the church and to be creative with outreach, not through Sunday gatherings, but like through other means. Isn't that what I said? <laughs> yes. I think I can't. I don't know if I. Okay, let me restart that sentence. I don't really have strong thoughts about like whether what the church should do or not do or whatnot. But just for me personally, I think this season has had so many different ups and downs that like I've had to wrap my head around. And I'm just like, maybe, I don't know. There's just like adapting to the change, processing it trying to figure out like pieces of my life like because COVID doesn't necessarily like fully stops life from happening life still does its thing you have to cope with events in addition to COVID I feel like I'm just trying to stay connected to the people that God placed in my life before COVID I don't know if it's anything new or creative um but it's required me to remember people and reach out to them and message them like hey I'm still alive, you're still alive, like, how are you doing? Which is not necessarily more creative, but I think it's taking the intentionality to care for the people in your life because you're not just going to run into them um, as easily as you may have in the past or, um, you know, go to events that you guys may have both gone to in the past. I don't know if that's more creative, though. No, I think you're probably embodying all the things that he's hoping for because... Because you're talking a lot, not about passively seeking to love people, but intentional. But I think we're probably um, in a time where we need to wrap up. And so I guess my um, final um, maybe question or just like wrapping up thoughts would just like, um, just would love to even just ask you guys, as you're thinking about like living as a Christian in community and, 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 and I think the things that you're hoping um, for uh, your, your local churches um, in this season, um, what's like one thing that you're just you're just hoping that God will do um, in the people of God? I can go first, and I think my thought is just I hope that the vision that John Tyson is talking about um, really happens in the local church. That um, people, like Laura was saying, just seek to, um, and like you're doing, Tiff, seek to just love. Um, those that aren't Christians around them, um, that they're already in their lives and just seek to, to love them well and, and be intentional and um, really seek to share the hope that we have in this time um, in meaningful ways. Um, not That might not just be ways that we can consume or just watch, but really in um, conversation and in meaningful um, life relationships. I think I would love if the church and the members of the church would start a conversation on mental health and mental illnesses, um, seeing it in a new light. Not that like you are not praying enough, or you're not faithful enough, or you're not, like you don't have enough joy in your life. That's why you have sadness, or that's why you maybe um, have depression or any of the other mental illnesses. Those are just, that's just the first one that comes to mind. But that the church would start a conversation saying, hey, your emotions, your thought life, all of you holistically is welcome in the church. 
everyone comes from different areas. Everyone comes from comes with different baggage. But that the church would start having conversations about, hey, maybe your mental illness is languishing, but that may not be a direct correlation with how your spiritual life is. I've seen lots of encouraging steps in that direction, I think, over the last few years uh, in the church. I'm piggybacking off it, uh, this idea from Laura. I, th- I want to see people uh, in the church have a, and, and maybe everywhere actually, have a renewed appreciation for just like real connection hmm. and real closeness. Uh, I think one of the issues of the Western world is, well, related to our mental health stuff is that we're just so disconnected. We're connected with technology, but we're actually alone. We're disconnected when it comes to real life. We're not, well, literally we're not in each other's physical presence now because of COVID, which I think is just amplifying everything. Uh, but even before that, you know, like we were relying on technology so much, we, uh, we wouldn't be in person as much as we should, but we'd also just be behind a screen. Um, and I, I see this more and more. Like I used to consider myself a bit like socially awkward, quiet, introverted, but now like working with students who are a bit younger than me, it's at times you're like, man, like anytime a slightly awkward situation comes up, people's phones are out, they're on them, they're distracting themselves. And I just, I don't like that. And I think that's part of what's causing our issues. And so I'd love for COVID to make us all realize, give us a big wake up call and see, hey, we need to like, be connected emotionally, physically more. Like I need to give hugs more. I need to, you know, show more physical affection. That's a, a Western guy, a difficulty for the Western man, I think, is showing physical affection to uh, his brothers at times. Um, so I want to see stuff like that just sort of upended and say, uh, see us care a little bit less about, um, well, care more about the good things, care less about these the sort of awkward situations that inhibit us, you know? For me, I want to see the church begin to think about the health of the church beyond Sunday services or what is the church offering. I think it's often easy uh, to, to use that as the metric or as kind of the litmus test of how, how well a church is doing because it's the most visible. But I think it's the invisible that's often the most meaningful and most telling way um, of how healthy our church actually is if we are actually embodying Christ in our world and in our community. And some of those things are really hard to, to think about. Like in our, in our church community um, from our congregation, how many people outside of our congregation are actually engaged with on, a, on any given week? How many people in our church actually have a ongoing relationship with their neighbors or with their coworkers? Um, how many of them are struggling? I think those things are a lot of the unknown or often unseen things, but are probably more indicative of church health than we realize. I feel like um, COVID has almost given everyone uh, an excuse to not be okay or not have things together. You know, like all of this mm-hmm. sucks. Like we all see it. Uh, we can all say it. Um, and I think sometimes uh, a problem I have with like church culture is that there's a sense of like things need to be shiny and perfect and presentable, people included. And I just I like that COVID gives us the excuse to be like, you know what? We don't got this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what we're doing. Like, and that's okay. Like, why do we need to? 
And like, I think that goes for a lot of different topics, like the conversations around mental health and like race and racial injustice. Like these are the important things to talk about. And like, you don't need to know everything about it. We're also figuring it out. And I think COVID brings all of these issues to the surface and rather than churches trying to make it seem like things are okay or like to try and tie a bow on it of some kind of like, I don't know, like hope that doesn't necessarily answer people's questions, but to actually address it, even if it means admitting that you don't know everything there is to know about depression or anxiety or other mental health issues or that like you don't know what it means for you as a church to um battle and confront like racial injustice within your church environment like we can just say it we don't know that's okay Um, I hope that some of that honesty like carries uh, out of this time into the way we present ourselves in the church thanks for your thoughts guys um yeah um anyway uh, for you guys that are listening thank you guys for for listening to us share our thoughts as we reflect on like um yeah, different trends um, that COVID um, has us reflecting on our relationship with the local church. Um, it, as you'll realize, we we didn't cover everything, and some of the things that we did talk about could have probably be spiraled into other conversations. Um, and we'd encourage you to actually have those conversations with people in your life to actually reflect on, like, hey, how how has COVID affected my relationship with my local church? Has it surfaced other issues that I that I need to process through and would encourage you to have those conversations with uh, real people in your lives or people within uh, your local church. Um, and maybe even might be a good time to ask, like, what are you hoping uh, that God will do in the church, in your local church in this season? And, um, and how can you be praying towards that end? How can you be joining him uh, in that work? And um, yeah, to wrap up our time, we'll just, um, just want to read a verse uh, from from jude now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and make you stand in his presence for his glory without blemish and with great joy to the only god our savior through jesus christ our lord be glory majesty power and authority before all time now and forevermore and forever amen um yeah i think it's just a perfect way to end um because ultimately uh, we recognize that the church is God's church. Uh, we recognize that uh, he's the one that loves the church more than, than we ever could and is able to, um, to, to do more in the church than I, any of us ever can. And, um, and we trust um, him um, um, to fulfill our hopes for the church, but even more to do even uh, bigger and better things uh, than that. Um, and so, um, yeah. Again, we'd encourage you guys to to take some time to reflect on the questions that we we talked about today. And but also, I hope um, you take some time just to also just to to um, even in the midst of discouragement. Hopefully, this verse also helped you to have hope uh, for the church and for the future. Anyway, thank you so much again for listening, guys. See you soon. We're not going to pay you a nickel, but what are your thoughts on how COVID nineteen is shaping? Uh, culture right now 